It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we do want to welcome you to Calvary Live, and I am so blessed that you're tuned into this program today where you, the listener, have an opportunity to call in and be on the program as you ask questions uh, about the Bible or perhaps uh, questions about Christian living or maybe current events, how does uh, we as Christians, how we are to respond to those current events, how does it affect us. Uh, Maybe you got prayer requests. I'm in studio here, ready to take your calls. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, ready to take your questions and prayer requests. As you just heard, the number to call is 303-690-3000 to be live on the air uh, here on Grace FM all along the Front Range from Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs 101.7. I want to welcome all of the listeners that are tuned in right now to Calvary Live and love to hear from you guys in the southern part of the state. I love you guys so much. have so many good friends and memories uh, as I lived many years down in the Colorado Springs area, down in the Fountain area uh, as I was a teenager. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. And then 89.7 from Castle Rock up through Denver, all along the Front Range, up into southern Wyoming. That includes Cheyenne and Laramie. Would love to hear from you guys up north. Uh, just uh, just love Wyoming and you guys up there. I was up there yesterday up in the snowies. Tune in to Grace FM on 89.7, even as I was uh, heading up the uh, mountains there. It was so wonderful to be able to hear that. And so I'd love to hear from you guys. And even in the panhandle of Nebraska, uh, give us a call at 303-690-3000 and see what the Lord has for us on this show. As you know, probably a lot of you, most of you, you can text in a question as well. And that texting number is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. So not only do we welcome all the Grace FM uh, questions uh, or those listeners asking questions, but I want to welcome all the Hope FM listeners as well in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And even though you are week delayed, uh, you can call at this time and you can ask your questions. So we want to welcome all of you here. So give me a call. You, the caller, the ones that make this show. Love to hear from you. Uh, just to share a verse with you. I was actually praying with Frank about this uh, as we were getting ready for the show. But in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, the Lord says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so that's my prayer, is to feed you with knowledge and understanding according to the Scriptures. But I think more importantly that what we are praying is uh, that uh, for us, whenever we minister, whether I'm ministering here on Calvary Live or uh, doing a service or talking with somebody, and it should be the same as you as you minister to your family or to people in ministry, to have a heart for God. Uh, we want to have a heart for Him, and that's my desire, is to point you to the Good Shepherd who loves you 
And uh, it's interesting because in the book of Ezekiel, uh, we see that the Lord says that, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he's among the scattered sheep. So I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. So the Lord desires to minister to you, to bless you today, uh, for him to be glorified. Maybe a word's going to be spoken not only to the callers uh, from God's word, but to you, the listener. Uh, So give us a call. Lines uh, are open, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Teresa in Denver. Teresa? Teresa, are you there? Okay, Teresa in Denver. Let's see if we can get back to that as uh, she has called in, but that means lines are open. So let's let's try to uh, get those lines going. And uh, again, you can text in a question at 720-336-0897. And oftentimes, we don't have time to go to those text questions, but uh, would uh, love to do that as time permits to answer those. And uh, if we don't answer directly, uh, it's because we've been uh, talking to callers online, uh, on the air. And uh, so, but if we can get to that, we will certainly answer those text questions. And they are good questions. Let's go to to line two. Uh, Let's go to Kevin in Maryland. Kevin? Kevin in Maryland. All right. So we're going to check those phone lines Let's go to Teresa, back to Teresa. Teresa, are you there with us? Taria? Taria? Are you there? Taria from Denver? Okay, we're going to check those those phone lines and see, because we got a couple of phone lines that are there, and somehow I am not hearing anything in my mic, guys. So, uh, Taria... Uh, with them. Let's go ahead and start with the text question while we're checking that out. And the guys are seeing, there are a text question that came in, is the gift of teaching only for pastors? I've been told that. And sometimes there are people that think that the gift of teaching is only for pastors. We know from 1 Timothy chapter 3 that that um, it tells us that overseers are to be ones that are able to teach but we also, I want to read from 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12. And uh, for you who text that in, I appreciate that. Uh, but it's important for us to understand that teaching is not the gift of teaching exclusive for pastors. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talking about the spiritual gifts there. And let me find it. And let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, where we read something very important that Paul writes, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. So in other words, what Paul is saying is there are different spiritual gifts, and he talks about those spiritual gifts in this chapter later on. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and diversities of activities. So you may have, in other words, the gift of teaching, but it's used um, in a different way. For example, as a pastor teacher, I have the gift of teaching. I'm going to use it in feeding the flock and, and giving Bible study and teaching my congregation. 
but somebody else may have the gift of teaching, and they are used in different um, activities, that is. Maybe they are gifted in teaching youth or children. Or I know of women who are very gifted in teaching, wonderful teachers, and they teach other ladies in Bible study, a lady study, or uh, teaching young women, admonishing them and teaching them, as Titus uh, says that the older women are to do. So it's not exclusive for just pastors, but uh, for you who uh, may be ministering, where you're in the teaching ministry, uh, that you may have the gift of teaching in another way. Uh, maybe it's teaching a small group. Maybe it's teaching a home fellowship. Maybe it's teaching the children or the youth and use those gifts in that way. So let's try the phone lines again. Let's go to Taria in Denver. Taria? Taria, we're trying again. So um, in Denver, we seem like we just cannot connect. And let's go ahead and, guys, let me know if Kevin is still waiting, if we can go there and see if we can get the phone lines all kind of straightened out and everything. Technology is wonderful when it works, guys, uh, but uh, it is um, challenging when it isn't working. So let's go to Kevin. Kevin? Yes, this is Kevin. Hi. Hey, hey how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. You got a question for me? Uh, yes, I had a question or a thought to ponder. I was wondering what it must have been like as a child for Christ when he was here having... My question is, do you think that God, he removed himself from having knowledge of, of uh, his, 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 his God-like character who knew all knowledge, all things? Uh, I can imagine as a student, if he had this knowledge, it would be... Uh, and and it seems as though whenever he did a miracle as an adult, he prayed first that uh, maybe a lesson for us to learn. But did he have to have God's authority and okay to do miracles to have knowledge? Right, and and sometimes what people will do, um, Kevin is. Um, there have been even books written on it and papers written on it that they on the miracles that Jesus did when he was a child. We can be safe to say that the Bible points out that he did no miracles when he was a child. The reason that we can say that is because in John's Gospel, at the miracle that he did at Canaan, at the wedding feast, it very specifically, it specifically tells us that was the first miracle that he did. So there are those who... Well, yeah, so he did no miracles before that. Um, there are those who will write papers or um, extra-biblical accounts or writings that claim that Jesus, you know, turned stones into birds and was kind of showing off to his friends, you know, things like that. So he did no miracles before that uh, time that he would start his earthly ministry after the baptism there at the Jordan, he would go up to the Galilee region, and it would take place after the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And then he did his first miracle there at the wedding feast of Canaan. Second of all, the only account that we have of Jesus in his childhood days is recorded in Luke chapter 2. And I think it's important for us 
to note that because it was um, the feast that was taking place, um, the feast of Passover. All the people were there, including his family. They would end up going back, and they realized, Joseph and Mary, that Jesus wasn't with um, the the family. Uh, they would uh, go with family. They would go with um, friends. Uh, Nazareth was a small town, so the people would probably travel together uh, for safety and for practical reasons. And somehow he he wasn't there. They realized he's not there. So they went looking for him, and as it says that they found him in the temple, right? You remember that story in Luke chapter 2? Yes, and, um, I and And I said, why have are you doing this to us? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And it's kind of interesting that he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And it wasn't like, you know, they're wondering about that. They didn't understand. And I think Jesus gave a little bit of a correction because Joseph with his stepfather, his father uh, in heaven, he says, I'm going to be about his business. But it says that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men uh, as he went with them back to Nazareth. Uh, he was always fully God, uh, but the Bible says he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. When he went to the temple at the age of 12, he astonished the scholars there. And so that is about as far as we know, as far as we know about Jesus' childhood, um, until he's 30 years of age where he appears to John to be baptized there at the river. As far as we know that he was there in the carpenter shop with his father Joseph, it seems to indicate that Joseph was absent during his time of ministry. Uh, so there's some speculation, we can't say for sure, that Joseph had passed away. Mary is mentioned, uh, his brothers and sisters are mentioned, but not Joseph. So that's all we really know about the childhood uh, days about Jesus. We do know, of course, that when he was about two years of age, that the wise men from the east came to see him. It wasn't on the night that he was born that took place. It was during that time uh, afterwards that he's in the house, as you read Matthew's narrative, and uh, they would come and worship him. And then he would go to Egypt, as Herod the Great had determined to kill him, probably for about two, three years, because Herod died um, shortly after the birth of Jesus, after that time they fled to Egypt. But that's all we really know. Kevin. Ah, thank you. Uh, I believe he was a doctor in Jesus' adult years. Imagine them having a conversation about medicine. Do you think Christ would impart knowledge? Well, here's the thing. Luke, we don't know, ever talked to Jesus. Luke was not one of the disciples. There's a lot of people that think that Luke was a disciple. Luke was actually a, a, um, a Gentile um, okay. who writes okay. 25% of the New Testament. Here's, here's a little bit of background, Kevin, that you might find interesting, that Luke traveled with Paul uh, on his missionary journeys. We don't know how Paul and Luke knew each other. Uh, it seems like when you read the book of Acts— that Luke would join Paul on that uh, second missionary journey in Philippi. It is believed that perhaps that Paul, after his conversion, um, he would be uh, there in Arabia for three years being taught by the Lord, uh, goes back to Damascus. He has to leave Damascus because they want to kill him. He goes to Jerusalem, 
The apostles are holding them out at arm's length. Um, so they put them on a boat to go back to Tarsus. Paul at that time is in Tarsus for a time of several years, not really heard of. And what is interesting is Tarsus, scholars believe and historians, that it was a big medical uh, center that was there in Tarsus where they you know, would train doctors. So it could be very likely uh, a possibility that that's where Paul initially knew Luke. And um, so, you know, how did Luke become a Christian? We don't know for sure. But he is writing the Gospel of Luke to show us that um, Jesus is the perfect man, because that's what the Greeks and the Gentiles were into, is the perfect mind, the perfect body, all this stuff. And that's what his Gospel focuses on. And then he writes the book of Acts to Theopolis, which they believe that perhaps Theopolis may have been, because some doctors back then, it's different than today. A lot of people were slaves back then. So maybe he's writing to his master the Gospel of Luke and then also about the early church. So it's, it's kind of interesting to think about that. And I just wanted to throw that out at you because you mentioned Luke. Thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, okay. keep studying. I'm always keep studying. So, so much yeah. to ponder about in the Bible. So much. Yeah, there is. Keep and, studying. Yeah. <laughs> Keep well, studying. Thank you, and thank you. It's good to hey, chat with you. <laughs> you too, Kevin. God bless you guys out there on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. It's good to hear from you. We got another one from Alvin in Pennsylvania. Alvin, are you there with Hi. us? How are you? I'm good. Good. What can we do for you today? Well, um... I'm 16, by the way, and I work as a lifeguard, but after work I go and I practice color guard at my school. But recently I've been getting these confirmations and preachings from the Lord telling me to pray more and to pray more for answers of the questions that I have. Uh Um, But the thing is that I'm a lazy person, so I don't like to get up in the morning or pray at night. So I was wondering if you could advise me on how to fix that and pray for that. Yeah, and, you know, you brought up such a good, important point, Alvin. You know, I have a son who's 16, and um, and that's one of the things that I've been talking to him about, that you're old enough to, you know, have a devotion time and to be reading the Bible. And it's not just a problem for anybody who's 16. It can be a problem for a lot of Christians just to establish that devotion time with the Lord. But it's so critical, Alvin, and it's it's so important for us to develop that um, because what happens if you don't, then you're going to depend on others to you know spoon feed you the word of God, um, you know, for you to grow. And it's something that others can come along, like pastors and Bible studies, that are a tremendous help. But a real key for you to mature in the Lord is to have that devotion time where you're reading the Word of God and you're also in prayer. So prayer is something that takes discipline. Alvin, I don't think there's a single person that's probably listening in on today's program that doesn't think that, um, you know, um, I, I, I pray, but I can pray more. And I know I pray, but I think, Lord, I could pray more. And prayer is so important. So I, I think for you it's going to be important is to say that, um, Lord, help me to get up and just read your word, read my Bible, and to spend some time in prayer. 
and to develop that. And, and uh, Lord, help me to do that. And as you do, you're going to see it's going to just be a huge part of your day. Uh, if I ever miss a day of a devotion or prayer, man, I feel it. I just feel like I didn't eat for today. And um, and it will just become such a, a routine, not a boring, mundane thing, but an exciting thing where you're just, you know, really, hey, devotions, I'm going to start my day, whatever that might mean for you. And I'm going to just go to the Lord and hear my requests, hear my supplications, interceding for, you know, those you know, praying for them, reading the Word, pick out a book, just start reading the Word of God, um, and you'll start developing that. And uh, so that's what we're going to pray that you do. Does that help you out, Alvin? Yes, that um, that does help me a lot. Um, yeah. Because um, I know it's important to pray, but like, cause it's very important for me because I have a ministry in my church since I was seven right. to preach the Word of God and to be a preacher. So, you know, I've been through a lot. So, you know, it's very important for me to start praying. It is, and for anybody who's who's ministering, um, anybody who desires to minister, the real key is not just for it to be academic, but a real key, just as I started the program here today, that um, to have a heart after God, to know Him, to be close to Him, and especially with you being young. Here's the thing, Alvin, um, you know the story in First Kings where Elijah called down fire from heaven. You remember that yeah. story? Do you know that story? And he called down fire. He had great victory, and he slew the 450 prophets of Baal. And then Jezebel, the queen, says, I'm coming after you, Elijah. I'm going to lop your head off. And so he takes off running. And as he takes off running, he, he goes towards the mountain of God down in the desert, down in Arabia. And as he's going, he falls asleep. The angel wakes him up and says, Elijah, arise, for the journey is long. And he arises, arise and eat. And, and so he eats. And so he goes down to the mountain of God. And there he's at the mountain of God. And um, he's there ministering. Uh, and he's wondering. And all of a sudden, there's an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. Uh, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. Uh, and then first. Kings chapter 19 tells us there was um, uh, a mighty wind, but the Lord wasn't in the, the wind. But he heard the still small voice of the Lord saying, Elijah, what are you doing in this cave? And I got things for you to do. Alvin, the Lord wants to use you. He's got things for you to do. But the journey is long. Um, we don't know how long we're going to live, but you're young. You could have many, many years ahead of you in ministry until, you know, the Lord is done or until the Lord comes back for the church. But you're young, and the journey's long, and you need to hear the still, small voice of the Lord. And that means you need to be praying, and you need to be sensitive to his voice, and you need to be hearing him, and you need to be in the Word of God, because that's primarily how the Lord is going to speak to you, is through the Word of God. It's, it's so powerful. And as you read the Word of God, you're going to know Him. You're going to know His will. You're going to hear His voice. And He's going to lead you and guide you. As Isaiah chapter 30 says, that as you go to Him for counsel, as you go to Him and are quiet before Him, He promises to speak to you, 
be that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Go to the left and go to the right. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. Yeah, it is. Okay, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for Alvin. And I just pray that you would help him to be disciplined uh, as he has a ministry. I thank you for using him at his age because we see those in the Scripture that were young, that were used of you. And, Lord, that he would be a workman that need not be ashamed, um, rightly dividing the word of truth, and that he would uh, be one that uh, you help him to develop that devotion time, to be praying, to be seeking the word of God, uh, to be hearing the still small voice of the Lord. Uh, And, Lord, I pray you bless him. I know that uh, the enemy is going to come against him. The world will tempt him. All these things as he's young, but you desire to use him. So I pray that he would grow in the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ to have a heart after you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Alvin, blessings. Mm -hmm. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Hey, it's great to hear from you guys out east and Pennsylvania and Maryland. Keep calling. Love to hear from you. Let's go to Rita in Aurora. Rita? Yes. How, how are, are you? you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing a study in Daniel, and I'm in Daniel 4, uh, chapter, chapter 4, verse 17, and I want to know what a watcher is. It says, this decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the Holy Ones. So I'm thinking, okay, the Holy Ones are probably God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In order for the living man to know the most high, that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will and acts over it the lowest of men. And sets over at the lowest of men. But I, yeah, want, I just want to know what a watcher is. Well, to kind of give you, you know what the chapter, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, right? right. This is kind of his, his testimony in this chapter. Um, okay. Yeah, he, he has this dream. Um, he had gone insane, if uh, I remember, um, for a number of years. And seven. then he comes to, yeah, seven years, and then he comes to his senses. So he says that to, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied to you. Um, and in this, you see that um, he gives his testimony in this. So in verse 17, is he, he talks about this tree in the midst of the earth um, that he'd been talking about, the decree of the watchers, the sentence by the word of the holy ones, the order that the live. Uh, living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to him, whoever he wills, and sets over its lowest man. He's talking about the sovereignty of God, the work of God, the rise and fall of the great tree, which, you know, was him, and how the Lord, you know, um, the tree was noted in his dream for size and strength and prominence and beauty and fruit and shelter. But what is interesting, Rita, is that uh, many uh, Bible teachers believe that the watcher is presumably an angel. Um, okay. Explain the fate of the tree. Um, the tree was chopped down. It, you know, it would lose its size and strength and prominence and all that. And so, um, so what is interesting, Rita, is when you read the scriptures 
a lot of times a tree will represent a man. It will represent a nation. Like the fig tree represents the nation of Israel, Israel right? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the tree represents a man um, and would be changed. And, and um, so they think that the watcher perhaps is a reference to an angel. Um, there may be some different thoughts on that, but that's kind of what I got in my notes and when you look at this. But it is a wonderful chapter, isn't it? And I yeah. think we're going to see we're going to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see all this because it's a very interesting book to study. It, it is very interesting, and Daniel is called a forerunner to Bible prophecy. But the one thing that I really like about Daniel is what you are reading right now, and will continue to read is how God was able to to you know break Nebuchadnezzar of his pride and arrogance. Yeah. He was the most powerful man on the face of the earth at that time. Whatever he said went. Um, if he gave a decree to throw him into the fire, that's what they did. If he gave the decree 10 minutes later to take him out, that's what they did. So whatever came out of his mouth was done. He was full of pride, and it just shows us how God can break us of our pride, and he did with Nebuchadnezzar. So thanks for calling okay. in. Hey, Appreciate it, Rita. We'll be right okay. back right after the break. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. It's so good to be with you. I am Jeff Figgs, pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado with you today on Calvary Live, and I am ready to take your questions and prayer requests at 303-690-3000. So I'd love to have you call. Uh, We got the phone lines that are working, and we're ready to go, and I just want to say I am so appreciate the guys that are behind the scenes that are working. Uh, Frank, the general manager uh, who who runs the radio station, and then Frank, who does the phone lines, who helps him. I just appreciate you guys. You guys are a blessing to me, a blessing to everyone out there. So um, just wanted to pass that along as uh, they are taking phone calls. So give them a call, 303-690-3000. They'll pass it along to me. And would love to hear from you if you got questions about the Bible or about Christian living or current events. Uh, maybe you got prayer requests. I'd love to pray with you. There is a means for you to text in as well at 720-336-0897. So welcome all Grace FM listeners and you who have been calling on Hope FM radio network out on the East Coast. It's so good to hear from you today, you guys calling in. So why don't we go back? And get to our phones, and let's go to Brian in Lakewood. Brian, hey. how are hey. you? I'm all right. Um, Good. I don't really know exactly the best way to say the question. Maybe it's just kind of a dumb question to begin with. I don't know, but no, you're good, um, Brian. Uh, like, I don't. You think God would let somebody make? Uh, like, I don't know, would just, like, go the wrong direction in life and, like, and just let them go that way without stopping them or, 
changing the direction or something. I, I don't. I don't know if that's a good way yeah, to put the question. I think I know. Yeah, I think you're doing fine, Brian. I think it's a good question that you're asking, um, because in a sense you're asking, um, you know, this guy to intervene in our lives, and he does. Um, one of the things is um, that, you know, as we have the Word of God that's given to us, He has a way that He wants us to live, and. He gives us his word, uh, and he desires for us to pursue his will. He desires for us to pursue um, holiness and righteousness. And whenever that we're going in the wrong direction, the Bible talks about he chastens us. And it, it, it isn't that he judges us. He Jesus took the judgment for you and for me. But he does chasten us. Another word is he disciplines us. And in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read it to you, okay? Okay. that my son do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked for him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. And so um, we know that the Lord does chasten us. He'll bring conviction um, because he does love us. But here's the thing, Brian. He's not going to force his way into our lives. Um, we're not puppets that we're on a string that, you know, he's, um, you know, forcing every mood in our lives. He grieves. There is a thing called grieving the Holy Spirit. When we are hurting the heart of God, when we're going in that disobedience, he still chases us. He still um, desires to speak to us, but he's not going to force us to walk after him. And that's the fine line that is there. Uh, he desires to... Um, you know, uh, keep going after us to bring him to himself. But um, there are decisions that we need to make. And um, are we going to go the direction the Lord wants to? Are we going to walk in holiness? Are we going to walk after his will when we know that the Lord's been speaking to us? Or are we going to ignore it? So hopefully that helps at what you're getting at. One of the reasons I kind of asked that question is, you know, I'm kind of coming to like a fork in the road in my life where I've got to go one way or the other, you know, and uh, like I'm trying to figure out if I'm going back to the military or not. And I mean, either way, it's going to be a, it's not going to be a small decision. And I'm just like, no, I don't know. It's, yeah, that's a major decision. I just don't want to make the wrong decision and then regret it. Right. And and here's the thing. We all got decisions to make. That is a major decision to go into the military, to serve our nation, you know, in that way. And it sounds like you've been in the military. Um, and to to go back to that is no small decisions. And people will call me, Brian, and say, you know, should I take this job? So I sell this house. Should I pursue this relationship? As you read the Word of God, the Lord doesn't say, Brian, you should, you know, in chapter this, you know, join the military. But here's the thing, just as I was talking with Alvin, that in Isaiah chapter 30, the Lord says that as you go to him and as you seek counsel from him, and quietness will be your strength, and he's gracious to those who wait on him. He promises that he'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Go to the left, go to the right. We know that Paul speaks in Colossians chapter 3, that he desires uh, for the believers to have that peace that rules in their hearts. 
And that word rule there literally means to make the call in the Greek. The Lord desires to make the call for you. So as you're making these decisions, he does want to guide you. That's the wonderful thing about being a Christian is that we have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us speaking to us in that still small voice as I was talking to Alvin about. That, you know, and so you're trying to hear, you know, do I go to the military or not? Do I go to the left or go to the right? And I think for you, Brian, that he'll give you that peace that passes understanding that there's just a peace. And I know for me, when I'm making major decisions for the, my family or for the ministry, I, I need to have that peace that's ruling in my heart. And I ask for that. Lord, give me a peace. And if there's anxiousness or there's just, I just don't know, or a caution, maybe the Lord is speaking to me. So he does desire to guide you in the right direction. And you, you're at a major fork and he desires to to be gracious to you. He desires to speak to your heart, give you a peace. Just keep reading the word. Maybe you'll get confirmation through others that um, will speak to you through the word of God as you're reading it. He just presses a verse on you. But he, he does desire to give you that peace that rules in your heart. Does that help? Yeah, I guess so. I just I have not gotten any, I haven't felt any specific direction one way or the other I don't yeah I don't feel particularly yeah. comfortable with either decision but well and just for me this is just me Brian I know for me when I'm just kind of um you know I don't feel comfortable I don't know I, it means that he wants you to keep coming back and praying and waiting on him because he will be gracious for those who wait on him and um, and he's going to show you one way or another, I believe, as you just continue. So, Father, I just pray for Brian. He's got a big decision to make. And, and Lord, uh, to go into the military is no small decision for his life. And, Lord, I pray that you give him that peace that rules in his heart. I pray that you would guide him, that you would direct him, speak to him in that still small voice. Give Give him, Lord, um, just that assurance that you are moving in the direction that he is to go. So, Lord, I pray for that for Brian, that um, that as he continues to seek you and go back to you day after day or moment after moment, that you would uh, be one um, that is speaking to his heart in that still small voice. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Brian, I'll be praying for you as well, okay? All right. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you calling. So it's a good question. So keep praying, keep seeking. He somehow he's gonna, he's gonna speak to your heart. All right, thanks. You bet. Okay, let's go to Michael in Greeley. Michael. Yeah, this is Chris actually. Chris. Okay, Chris, Chris and Parker, right? That is right. How are you? I'm good yourself. Okay. Um, got a question. Um, I've had back problems for years now, and they're pretty severe. They're actually life-altering. So with the advancements in, like, marijuana, uh, not that I am advocating smoking marijuana or any that it would be all right for relieving this pain, even though it has no, like, psychological benefits to it. So it won't be high or anything. It's, 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 it's,
Yeah. You, you know, Chris, um, you were breaking up in that conversation, but I think I got to just the way you're saying that you got some back pain and Correct. you're being treated with medical marijuana and not using no, it for recreation. I, I, I was going, I'm not being treated by it. I was going to look okay. into it. You're going to look into it. Okay. So you're wondering about that. Okay. Thanks for correcting me because you were breaking up and I didn't get everything. But here's the thing, Chris, you know, talk to your doctor about it. Um, your doctor will give you advice. Be sure to answer any questions that you have um, and, um, you know, um, and go from there. So, you know, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't know what the treatments are and advanced treatments that they have for that and, um, you know, how it all works and stuff. So I think that, number one, I want to tell you to prayerfully consider it. Um, and then as you talk to your doctor, the different options that are out there, that it's going to help you make a, a wise decision um, in that. So, um, you know, having back pain, severe back pain is so, you know, difficult and so hard. I mean, I don't have severe back pain. My back hurts once in a while, and that's hard enough. But um, just talk to your doctor about it and pray about it and see if the Lord gives you a peace about it. Okay, but nothing that would be wrong to take it. Well, the thing, here's the thing, because we're not talking about recreational marijuana that and stuff. That is correct. I, I don't, correct. Yeah, and so people will call in and say, hey, you know, is it okay for me to, because God created marijuana to, to smoke it, when it's a mind-altering thing to where it alters your mind like wine or anything, we know that the Lord's desires for not for us not to do that. You're talking about medical treatments, what I understand very clearly from you, Right. Correct. And you're looking I do for not, different treatments. I do not take drugs, nor do I drink. So Yeah. So that's why talk to your doctor about it and um, and see what the best treatment is for your relief and all of that and pray about it and see if the Lord gives you a piece about it. But I, I can't sit here and tell you, is it wrong? Is it right? You know, the advanced treatments, um, what they're coming out with and things like that um, to relieve you of a physical affirmity that you're going through. But do talk to your doctor about it and see what he has to say about it. Yes, sir, I will. Okay, all right. All Be right, praying for you, sir. Chris. Yeah, right, and I you. appreciate your question. You know, here's the thing, Chris. I don't have all the answers for people, and um, when it comes to those kinds of things, I, you know, I tell them pray about it. See if the Lord gives you a peace about it. Ask those questions. I think you're asking good questions, and I think. You're up on it, and you're looking at a possibility of physical relief from that um, and um, for a medical purpose and for medical treatment, and I think that, that the doctor is going to help you sort all that out as you do that. All right? Awesome. Can you take 30 seconds and uh, pray for me? Absolutely. Father, I just pray for, for Chris. I pray that as he's considering this, um, he wants to do— what is right, and what you have for him. So I pray as he talks to his doctor, as he's looking at relief from pain, that we know that you could touch him and take that away. So I pray that you would do that. But Lord, give him the the right treatments, because we know that some of the pain medications can be very addicting as well. Um, as, you know, uh, just uh, it, there's challenges in that. And um, so, Lord, I just pray that he would choose the right treatment for him, for his condition, 
And, Lord, that he get answers from his doctors, that you give him a peace about this, and um, that you speak to him in that still, small voice that we've been talking about today, that we always, when we got decisions, whether it's for our health or what we do in life, that you would just make it clear to him. And so, Lord, bless him, minister to him emotionally, spiritually, physically at this time to come up with the the right um, help for him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too, Chris. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Hey, let's go to Michael and Greeley. Michael? Yeah, hi. Hey, hey, sorry we missed you on the last call, but I'm glad you, you stayed on, and and uh, thanks for calling in. Do you got a question for me? Yeah. Um, so I've heard in the Bible that when we die, that we go to sleep, and then I've also heard that we go to paradise, and I'm conflicted because I don't know which is the right answer. <laughs> Good question, because some people are confused about that. The reason they're confused is is because there's a doctrine out there that some say that when we die that we have soul sleep or our souls sleep until the rapture of the church. In right. 1 Corinthians well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when Paul's talking about sleep and he's talking about our bodies. Our bodies will sleep until the resurrection, but Paul makes it very clear to the Corinthian church and you can mark down 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he is writing to them once again about the resurrection, that he says something very, very important for you to know. He says, We are confident, yes, well pleased, this is Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we as Christians take our last breath, then um, we go immediately to be in the presence of the Lord. Now you asked about paradise. And that's another interesting question, too, because Jesus said to the thief on the cross that before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. And what is believed as we get from the uh, story that Jesus told of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke chapter 16 is that um, before Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that all those in faith looking forward to the Messiah that believed in God and it was accounted to them for righteousness, just as it was with Abraham, that they went to paradise to Abraham's bosom, according to Luke chapter 16. Now, they did that because Jesus hadn't died for our sins. So when he died for our sins, he told the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise before the sun has set. He breathed his last. He would escort the thief on the cross, if you would, to paradise. And there, Paul writes in Ephesians, before he ascended, he first descended to to lead captivity captive. In other words, those who are in Abraham's bosom there, as Luke chapter 16 indicates, that he would say, hey, I've died for your sins, um, and because the Old Testament sacrifices was only a cover of sin until Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came and died for our sins once and for all. So that chamber of Hades is empty now, Abraham's bosom. So Paul comes along, and he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So as a Christian, here's the important thing for you to remember, is that when you die, you're going to immediately be with the Lord. 
And then when the rapture happens, we'll get our new heavenly bodies. But the body sleeps, not the soul. So to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and we can be comforted with that. Uh, Because I had an uncle last week uh, back in Kansas who uh, passed away, and I know that he's with the Lord. He's in heaven with my dad, and, and it's so comforting to know that. You might recall that Paul said in Philippians that I'm between two straits, whether to stay here, because he didn't know whether he was going to be, you know, uh, sentenced to death when he faced Caesar Nero, to be here, which is better for you guys, or to go home and and be with the Lord. And he said, for me to die is gain. For us, we go home to be with the Lord. So does that help out? Yeah, and, and so with the people that are saved, they, of course, go with Christ. But then the people that didn't ask for forgiveness, did they immediately go to the lake of fire? Do they have to wait for judgment then? Well, here's the thing. You know, in that uh, place, Hades, there was two compartments. There was Abraham's bosom, there was a large chasm, and then there was the place of the unrighteous dead. In the place of the unrighteous dead, they were still there in Hades. Uh, And so Revelation chapter 20 tells us that... Uh, when um, at the end of the millennium reign, uh, when the heavens and the earth that we now know will fade away, that there's going to be a great white throne judgment, and then at that time, those of the second resurrection or those who of the unrighteous dead will be resurrected, and they will stand at the great white throne judgment, and they will be judged for their works, and they will be cast into outer darkness." We as believers will not stand at the great white throne judgment because Jesus took the judgment for us on Calvary's cross. What Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 here, uh, right after he talks about to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, let me read it to you. He says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So here's the thing um, to to remember, um, is that, uh, Michael, we're in heaven, but we're going to stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to be rewarded for what we have done for Christ. And this last Sunday, we went over the parable of the minus, very similar to the parable of the talents, But the bottom line in those parables is that be a good steward to what God has given you now in the gospel that's been given to you, to be entrusted with the gospel, to give to others the truth of God's word with your resources, you know, um, your uh, time, your spiritual gifts. And it has, you know, implications for the future. There's heavenly rewards that will be given to us. And, um, And so... We will stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, not to be judged for our sins, but we're going to receive rewards for what we have done in this life for Christ, whether good or bad. All judges, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us by fire, whether they're likened to wood, hay, and stubble, or whether they're likened to gold, silver, and precious metal. So I just threw a lot at you. Okay, Uh, and I did have one other question. Um, Okay. You were talking about that little... uh, voice about God. Yeah. So how do I know when I'm sitting in front of my Bible and I'm reading it that I'm hearing the Lord's voice and not my own or I'm being misled by maybe Satan? 
Yeah, and and that's a good question because when you read the Bible, you're hearing God's voice. This is God's word given to you. All Scripture is inspired by God and is given for and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, it's God-breathed. That's what that word inspired means. So when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it is God speaking to you. When I talk about the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, giving you that peace that rules in your heart, speaking to you in that still small voice, Isaiah chapter 30, this is the way walk in it. Here's the thing, Michael. It will never contradict what the Word of God has to say. So somebody comes in my office and says, you know, hey, I I got a piece about this, um, you know, that God has spoken to me that I should pursue this relationship, and I need to divorce my spouse you know, we know from God's Word that's not from the Lord because it very much contradicts what the Word of God has to say. And unfortunately, over the years, I've had one or two people that have done that. Oh, I got this, you know, adulterous relationship. God has brought this person in my life. I'm to pursue it and divorce my spouse. Well, that's not God's will because His desire is that we remain married um, till death to us part. Jesus said, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So, it will never contradict what the Word of God has to say. And it's very important that you continue studying the Word of God so you have correction for reproof, for doctrine, that you may be equipped to live the life that God has called you to live and to go in the direction that He's called you to go in. But there are those decisions, like we've already heard on today's show, should I join the military? Should I go for this treatment, you know, for uh, pain? All of this, these are things that you can search the scriptures, but also pray and, and have the Lord speak to your heart about. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so always rem- the Word of God is our final authority speaking to you. So keep learning the Word. Thank you. You are welcome. Thanks for calling. Those are good questions that I think that all of us can be challenged with. So before the show ends, I do want to get Eleanor in New Jersey. Eleanor? Yes, I'm here. How can we help you and pray for you? Okay, can you pray for me? That um, I just have some emotional things that which I don't know what's causing. I'm really anxious. I'm praying and casting my cares on the Lord, and you know, it says don't be anxious and let Him carry the burden for me and things like that. But I'm just really so emotional. Uh, I have to really keep a, a tight rein on my uh, emotions when I'm out because I would if I didn't if I didn't I would just break down and start crying. So how would I, I've been trying to get in touch with, like, some professional help. My primary care physician, she wasn't any help because she prescribed something that said I couldn't drive something, some medicine. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a medicine uh, like that. I'm 79 years old, and I just need a direction to go. Bless your heart. Do, do you belong to a church? Or, yes, I do. Or I, in a I have a church. Yes, I have a church. I've been there, like, tw- over 25 years, but... Wow. Uh, it's not, it's, it, it's, it's, um, I can't really explain it to you. It's not, okay, that's I, don't okay. really, I, I don't really have any friends there, uh, okay. and there's not really, and I have uh, someone that I pray with every night, a friend, or just about every night, but it's like no uh, interpersonal relationship there with the people there. Okay. I was and involved that's in different that, ministries and things, but right. I still don't, I, it, it wasn't, I can't explain yeah. it. Yeah, that's okay, Eleanor, because, you know, one of the things that helps me, and then I want to pray for you, because we're going to be going off the air here in just okay. a couple minutes. But, Eleanor, okay. one of the things is is that just continue to read 
the um, scriptures and, and the right. Psalms is very much a help to me. Um, right. You know, Paul or David writes, you know, uh, as he was out in the wilderness, you know, when I'm at the end of of the world, you know, I cry out to you, O Lord, and you're my shelter. He desires to bring that comfort to you. As Second Corinthians chapter one says, He's God of all comforts, and just keep soaking yourself in the comfort in the words of Jesus in the Scriptures, and that's going to help you. And then to have fellowship is also uh, important as well, because I know the brothers and sisters that I have, um, you know, they they just help me and lift me up. So as we just got a couple minutes, Lord, I just pray for Eleanor. She 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 gets down, she gets discouraged, and it's very real. And I know the enemy tries to exploit that. And Father, I just pray that you would help her. As she reads the Word, as she turns to you, she's looking for some help, that you bring her that help. And um, and Lord, that you would bring her brothers and sisters that would lift her up and encourage her. Lord, that uh, the Word of God would do that, that, um, that you would just touch her heart right now. You are the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations, even in that time, as Paul wrote, that we are pressed beyond measure. And in those times where she's pressed and despaired, that, Lord, that you would bring her up out of that horrible pit, and, Lord, that you set her feet upon the rock, Jesus Christ, that as she cries out to you, that you would be a strong tower and a shelter for her, that I thank you for her calling. I thank you for her reaching out. And, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, show yourself strong on her behalf. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. Be praying Be praying for you, Eleanor. Thanks for calling. All right. All right. Bye. And it's my prayer for all of you who are feeling down that, you know, the, you'd find that fellowship and encouragement and um, and that you'd find comfort in the Lord as you go to him. Well, we're about ready to end the show. We had a great show today. I appreciate all of you that have called in. Uh, love to meet you. If you're coming up to Greeley for the Greeley Stampede, stop by tomorrow night. Uh, we will be in the Song of Solomon starting a new book. So come join us. Check us out at CalvaryChapelGreeley.com. Everybody have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.